1: Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at kuci.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about self-love. And without self-love, it's really hard to really have love for someone else, a true and genuine love. And so self-love is really the condition precedent. And we have a wonderful book that I've been reading. It's called The Self-Love Experiment, 15 Principles for becoming more kind compassionate and accepting of yourself and of course once we're kind and, and, and compassionate and accepting of ourselves it's easier to be that way with other people so we are going to be talking with Shannon Kaiser who's coming to us from beautiful Portland Oregon and let me tell you a little bit about beautiful Shannon Kaiser she is the author of Also Adventures for Your Soul 21 Ways to Transform Your Habits and Reach Your Full Potential. She's been named among the top 100 women to watch in wellness by Mind Body Green, and she is a seven-time contri- contributing author to Chicken Soup for the Soul and an international life coach and speaker, and we're just thrilled that she's joining us. Thank you so much for coming to us this morning. Hi, it's so great to be here. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about why you wrote this book.
0: Yeah, The Self-Love Experiment is really an experiment and a challenge and an opportunity that I gave myself to learn how to become my own best friend because I realized for many, many years, I was letting self-doubt and my insecurities rule my life. And I didn't even know it. You know, I'd be in relationships and I wouldn't let my, you know, boyfriends touched my stomach because I felt like I was overweight. I wouldn't go when I would go out to eat with friends. I felt like I couldn't be present because I was so focused on the next bite I took would be over my calorie limit and what that meant mm-hmm. for I'd have to work out more. And and I didn't realize that my self-doubt and it was sabotaging my life And, and until I said, you know what? Something's got to change. So I went on an inner journey, which is what I call the self-love experiment. It turned into this glorious adventure on truly learning how to be kind. It starts with kindness to myself. And so that's really the backstory of the self-love experiment.
1: And you know so many of us go through that especially in our society where we see you're supposed to be this perfect woman right we see it mm-hmm. in the magazines we see it on the news we see it in social media everywhere is that it we we're forced to kind of compare ourselves instead of really looking within to find who we really are and I think that you wrote this book to kind of help you it was a power, Probably a great catharsis for you, but it really helps so many of us who are going through that same kind of challenge. So what was real? yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I think
0: that was the thing too, when I was suffering from my eating disorders and suffering from depression, it was a very silent thing. I felt very alone and isolated and I didn't realize that so many other women feel this way because we feel like maybe something's wrong with us. So I'm I'm honored that I could put my findings and learning into a book to be able to help others because it really is kind of this guide to say, hey, you're not alone. Guess what? We're in this together, and we can grow and love ourselves.
1: Right, and for you to be vulnerable like that and share is such a gift. What was most challenging for you when you were writing this book? The, it's interesting because the book
0: itself... This is the book, you know, that's out. It was the fifth draft of the book and I kept trying to write the book and say I was on a book deadline. I need to write the book before my experiment was really flowing and before it was over. And it's really an ongoing, it's a life experience. Um, but it's interesting because the very first draft was, if I lose weight, then I'll find self-love. Yes, that's right. And <laughs> after about a chapter, I was like, yeah, right. But that's what so many of us think. We think when I lose weight, then I can go do the things I want to do or when I have more money. And and it quickly changed. So the hard part for me was the expectations. Um, I think we do this in a lot of areas of our life, too, where we have expectations and we go into specific situations hoping it'll fix us. You know, we hire the life coach or we read the book. And I sat down in the very beginning and said, okay, I'm going to find self-love. So my life's great. And I was like skipping all the steps that needed to happen, which is the actual experiment. So I think when we can look at things, including our own life, all the experiences with more wonder and awe and just kind of appreciate the journey. Once I started to do that, that's when I really
1: found self-love. All right. So tell us about this experiment. What What is the self-love experiment, actually?
0: Yeah. So for me, again, it started as a challenge. I said, okay, I'm going to learn how to become my own best friend. And so there's a lot of steps that I took. And this is a very much personal journey, but it's also a guide, a Bible, if you will, for the reader to really go into their own life and find different tools to try and really put into your life to embrace your true self. And my uh, my original experiment had three goals. Number one was to lighten up. I was taking life so seriously. I was worrying all the time. I wasn't focusing on anything I liked about myself, just my flaws. So I really wanted to lighten up spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. And then the second goal, I had goals, of course. I think anyone who's going to go on their own self-love experiment should make goals too. It's, it's a fun way to go into the process. My second goal was to be able to look in the mirror and only say kind things about myself and then the third was to be able to see myself the way someone I said in the book, my dog loves me because uh, my dogs <laughs> right. are very special, right? And it's, it's kind of cute, right? right? You ever notice how a pet or a child looks at you and you're the most amazing thing in the world? <laughs> right. So right. I really wanted to capture that essence and like, why can't we celebrate ourselves? Why can't we say, hey, I'm doing a great job. I matter. I'm important. And so that's really what the self-love experiment, the journey
1: takes you on. It's wonderful. I know whenever my dog looks at me, it doesn't matter if I've brushed my teeth yet or if I've combed my hair yet. You're the goddess. Right, right. It doesn't matter. Just as long as I look my dogs in the eye and they just wag their tails. And, you know, I mean... Really, if we could all be like dogs, right? <laughs> I agree. They're so in the moment and so full of love. It's the best. Yeah, really. They have a lot to teach us, really right? teach us, right? They can really teach us. Yep, I always laugh that dog is God spelled backwards, you know. Oh, <laughs> so, it's true. I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's God talking to us or, you know, maybe it's oh, better that they can't really talk to us, <laughs> but we know yeah, what they're, they're like saying. they're little earth angels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So for yeah. you know I I always think that love self love is so important too and it's not easy. It you know we we grew up with criticism or we none of us had perfect parents or you right. know we were bullied at school or whatever it was. All of us had our our challenges growing up, right? And so it's Absolutely. it's really So you know, people think, oh, well, if I'm, if I have self-love, that means that I'm probably selfish or I'm conceited or I am whatever. But explain how that's not really the case.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Because I used to think that too, I would hear the term self-love and it's getting thrown around so much, you know, and I was like, oh, that's nice for them. But I can't even, I can't even think about that because I hate myself so much. And it was just Mm -hmm. this foreign concept. And so what I actually did was I started with replacing the word self-love with self-care. Right. So through the process of experiment, I actually go on kind of there's five pillars to self-love and the base and the very entry point is self-care. And when we think about self-care, it's, it's not so much drinking your green juice and doing yoga every single day. I mean, that, that's fine, but if we're doing those things out of a place of shame or guilt or I have to do this to fit into a certain you know, body size, then that takes so much pressure and and really controls us. Whereas if we take care of ourselves from a nurturing place of, I really appreciate myself, then things can really transform. And I do think that the word self-love is a little bit hard to kind of get to in the first place. So if anyone's struggling, then maybe just go to, how can I take care of myself today?
1: How can I nurture me? Right. Or even the words like self-appreciation you know that's Absolutely. not as harsh you know that. maybe for some people is just mm-hmm. to appreciate that like you were saying you wanted to be able to look in the mirror and find something find positive things to say about yourself or take care of yourself and i think if you are self appreciative then you can celebrate yourself like you said which was another goal to just be able to celebrate the things and you know it's it's hard because we have this brain with our right frontal right. lobe and our left frontal lobe, so our right frontal lobe is the critic the critic, right oh <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, and the left one the left frontal lobe is our compassionate so it's so easy to criticize ourselves, oh, I should have done that better or and you know I for me, I you know had a mediation that yesterday that didn't quite settle. I'm still working on it, but you know, I was like so criticizing criticizing myself like. Why didn't you settle that? Why, why weren't you able to get the people to get together and do that? So, you know, mm-hmm. I really get it that I have to focus just like you have to focus, just like everyone who's on this call listening in has to really focus on what is it that we do that, that we can appreciate ourselves for and be grateful for. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I love
0: that. And so with remediation, it would be like, look at the things that did go really well, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 I think anytime we sabotage or or overthink or analyze a situation and, gosh, I should have done this or that, really turn that attention back to, like you said, appreciation and start going even mentally running through all the good things that happen. And that's one of the things I did as well that helped me lean more into my self-love experiment. Instead of berating myself, I started to celebrate myself, and it really right. does work. But right. like you said, it's a practice. I think when we look at it like a practice, every day we show up for the practice,
1: right? And I was listening to Mark Waldman, who is—I'm just a, a groupie for him. He—he's written so many wonderful books. He's a psychologist, and he is um, really into mindfulness and understanding you know how words can change your brain and he talks about the fact that you know we have a negative leaning but if we look at it as that's really just telling us how we sh- how to look at it and then maybe help us grow so instead of saying they didn't settle just say what what did they do that worked and what can i do that maybe i can help them further or what could mm-hmm. I do in a different way? So to use it as really an impetus for growth when we do have something negative, because we're going to all have it. It's just like we can't 100% <laughs> not find yeah. something, you know, so that that I, I thought will help me at least. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I
0: think it's very true. I think when we hear calls like this, or we hear people who have found self-love, there is a misconception And it's not like we don't still have self-doubt or we don't still have kind of those moments of uncertainty. Right. It's really about pulling out quicker and knowing that you don't have to believe your inner critic and you don't have to let it control the outcome. Instead, you can really turn back in and, and, like, Really be more compassionate to yourself. So I like that you say that. Right. Because it really is.
1: It does does start in the brain. How we talk to ourselves about ourselves matters. Right. We don't want to just stay focused on the criticism, but take the criticism and turn it in and reframe it like, oh, well, I did that. What could I do differently that could help me now that, you know, because that's, that self-critic is there to help us grow, really. So we mm-hmm. can't like say, oh, yeah. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't think anything negative because that's just going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be there always. So let's use it to grow. You know, you talk, yeah, and I, yeah go ahead. Oh yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah, I was going to say on that, on that note, one thing that
0: really transformed my experience because Again, my inner critic was, was ruling every day before my self-love experiment. And what I started to do to be more compassionate at the end of each day is said, you know what? For today, you did the best you could. And tomorrow, you'll do better. And so that, like if I skipped a workout or if I fell off the wagon or whatever it may be, it's really about saying, you know what? I showed up and no matter what, I still love you. Right. And that talk to yourself is like so much more empowering than God, I didn't eat what I wanted today. I can't believe I spent more money than I wanted or, you know, instead of fall asleep each night going through the good things that happened. And that'll help
1: help you throughout the process. Yeah. And if you if you have a friend that would come to you and tell you things like that, that's exactly how you would talk to a friend say, you know what, what did you learn from that? That's a great Learning exactly. opportunity, or how I've talked to my kids over the years, and I still talk to them like that. If they come to me and tell me something they're upset about, I go, "Okay, what could be good about this? What really is something that that can come good out of this? Let's right. look at I that. Love that." Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. there's there's always that flip coin, right? Of always something. Mm-hmm. Now you talk in your book about showing up. Uh, explain to my audience what you mean about showing up. So showing up is one of the
0: most important parts of the self-love experiment and our life. Showing up means you show up as you are and you do the best you can. Because I think for so many of us, we feel like we have to wait to show up. For example, I was just on a life coaching call the other day and one of my clients said she wants to be a TED Talk speaker but she wants to get her PhD first, and she doesn't feel qualified. She doesn't think people will take her seriously, but I've heard her speak. She's amazing. And, you know, another friend doesn't want to start dating again until she finishes her Invisalign and her teeth are straight. So the thing is, we we hold out on our lives. We all have different areas where maybe we're not showing up as we are. And so showing up is saying, okay, I'm enough as I am today. I'm a work in progress, and I'm going to do the best I can, and I'm going to show up. And and not waiting to be that perfect body, the perfect bank account,
1: you know, show up today. Yeah. And if we wait to do something, we may never have that opportunity. We will find something yes. else to put up exactly, a barrier, exactly right? Exactly. Yeah. And yes, so just, you know, we got to mm. do something, take steps. You know, affirmative steps. We may not be able to be the TED Talk speaker if if that's what she wants, but she could go out and she could speak at many groups and get more and more, um, you know, excitement about it and more confidence about it and get the feedback that she gets. And then that's her steps toward that. And I think that's really a key part, too, is we
0: show up on the way. And I often say, and I say this in the book, too, we learn the way on the way. So often we have this goal and we don't know how it can come true, and so we kind of shy away from it. But each step we take through that fear, through the self-doubt, through the shame and and guilt, each step forward into love will bring us more awareness and more clarity. And like you said, like so if somebody had a goal to become a a famous speaker— speaking in front of your community or doing online group coaching, baby steps, starting a podcast, you know, whatever your goal is, there's ways to break it down and do mini, mini steps along the way.
1: Right. And a lot of us have fear, you know, so it's like that book that I read many years ago. I think it was Marcia Sinitar. It was called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. <laughs> right. That's what it is. Yeah. got to go for it. And we Ooh, all have fear, Right. We all <laughs> have yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like that word fear meaning you know, the acronym, False Expectation Appearing Real. Totally. And that's what yeah. we have. Yeah. So yeah. you say our only problem is that we think we have problems. And mm-hmm. So yeah. share what you mean by that.
0: So it's interesting because a lot of times we focus so much on our problems that they become the biggest part of our life. I was focusing so much on my flaws and insecurities that I couldn't even think about other things. And Tony Robbins even says, problems need energy to grow. So the more you focus on it, the more you're giving it energy. Right. And what I did in my own self love experiment, which was just this radical kind of aha moment, I said, what if I stopped focusing on my overweight body? And what if I took my attention onto the joy, perhaps the joy that I'm doing each day that is loving and caring? I'm going for a nature walk. I'm cooking more. I'm getting creative in the kitchen. And soon enough, by taking my attention off of the problem, the problem, number one, didn't have such a big influence in my life. I was able to feel more free. But two, my body started to return to its natural kind of state because I wasn't obsessing. And so I think we can all look at our problems as pathways. Instead of looking at them as problems, start to focus on solutions or turn your attention to what is going well, and you'll start to see them work themselves out. Right. It goes
1: back to all that thing about reframing. You know, when I'm in a mediation, people come in and they, they say all these negative things. And so I say, well, how can you reframe that? You know, how can you look at it a little bit differently? You right. Know, and, you know, or That's what part of it, what part of it, you know, if they want to blame someone else, what part of it was you in the situation? So why they're upset. You know, what part of mm-hmm. that? So so how, how can we make this better? You know, what can we do? What, how can we focus on, instead of, you know, blaming, how can we refocus on how do we make it better? You know, how do we make it better right now? We can't change the past. So how right. do we make it better now? So it's just about learning to always look at the other side where there is another way to look at something, I think. I you
0: think know? that's so true. Yep. And it really is. You know, like you say, sometimes we believe these things about ourselves. We believe that we're not good enough because we have extra weight or we believe, you know, I talk about the weight in the body because that was kind of how I learned to accept myself. But maybe the listeners, they don't have a body issue, but maybe there's something about yourself that you don't like, like your nose or your stutter or the way your hair keeps going gray. Like there's always something I, in research, I discovered that 90% of women hate, their bodies. And 95% of us want to change something about ourselves. Right. So really, it's about learning how to be who you are in a world that's constantly trying to tell you to be something else. Exactly, exactly. Kind of the bottom line. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about some of the self-love principles. Can you give us I mean, there's 15 of them. Can you give us some of those?
0: Yes, absolutely. Now, this is such a beautiful part of the process, because what I identified is these kind of universal truths that when we can align to them, we really open up with with more clarity and joy. So I think one of them that really comes to mind is, and I think it's principle number three, thinking you don't have a choice is a choice. Mm. And, you know, no matter what the area in your life is, I felt for years that I couldn't lose weight. It runs in the family and no matter what I did. But the truth is when I did lose the weight, because I was, you know, 20 pounds underweight, 50 pounds overweight, it never mattered. It was always in my head. And so it, it comes back to what you were just saying, right? Looking at reframing. And so instead of saying, I'm stuck, I'm trapped. You know, I used to be in corporate and I hated my job. I felt trapped until I said, I have a choice here. And even if I can't leave my job yet, I can choose how I'm perceiving the situation. And that radically changed everything. So, so maybe listeners think about where you're feeling stuck and then say, well, what choice do I have? How can I
1: reframe this? Exactly, that's so important. That people, um, even in relationships, you know, people say, oh, "I'm stuck in this relationship." Well, they're really not stuck in the relationship. Yeah, they're yeah. choosing to stay. You choice. know, you have yeah. a, you have a choice whether you know you have several choices when a relationship is bad. You can you know work on changing yourself and your attitude. You can work on negotiating with a partner, or you can choose to be miserable and just do nothing, <laughs> you know, yeah, but people yeah. forget that everything in life really is a choice. We can always choose how we want to think about something. So that's, that's wonderful. I love that one. Yeah. That was Thank number yeah, three. that's a really fun one. Yeah, so yeah, give was us self- a couple other choices. So a couple yeah. other
0: ones that really, the the one that was, it's one of my favorites is how you feel is more important than how you look. I think we put a lot of pressure on society, especially media, how you look. And no matter what, how you look is never good enough. And I really started to reframe that in my own journey. And I recognized that if I, because I was a triathlete, there was a point in my life where I was running half marathons and doing uh, triathlons. Mm -hmm. Picture perfect health. I looked like a healthy girl, but I was depressed and suffering from eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And I realized I look good, right? But I don't feel good. And that's right. when I started my self-love experiment because I said my full-time mission should be feeling good. And I think on that note, we should never really judge other people by how they look, uh, no matter what, because we never know what's going on on the inside. So the truth is we really want to start feeling good on the inside because that will manifest on the outside.
1: And don't you, don't you ever meet someone that you thought was really, really beautiful, and then they really weren't very nice, and they didn't look so beautiful anymore. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, that's exactly kind of the flip side of that, you know, where yeah. it's like, it's, it's interesting, because how we feel on the inside is really about nurturing yourself, loving yourself and caring for yourself. So focus on that, and and maybe not put. And I'm not saying like you know we let ourselves go, but like truth right. be told, I don't I don't wear makeup a lot, and sometimes I don't brush my hair. You know, as a writer, I get to work from home, and yeah. and that feels good for me. And so I think that the bottom line is, do what feels good for you instead of what your you know significant other or your children or your best friend thinks is best for you. Do what you feel is good for you. Right. That's really the, the key. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Because I, I I know I've I've had clients when I that I meet them and I think, oh, you know, they're okay. And then I get to know them and they're so beautiful on inside that they look yes. more and more beautiful on the outside, right? Yeah, they're I like mean, the most they beautiful just person. Of, yeah. Right, you know, you, you don't yeah. think that much it's of them and then they just get cuter and cuter because they have such yeah. a sweet disposition it's, it's, and sweet personality and they're just really great people. So I think once, you know, unfortunately, we, we look at people and we make judgments, but yeah. if we just take that time to get to know someone, we can see them as really the beautiful creatures and, and souls that they are. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I think that's really key, too. I talk about in my book, too. You know, it's towards the end, but you know when someone loves themselves because you kind of, you just want to be around them. They right. so light up the room. There's an energy that comes from within, a warmth. You kind of feel like you're wrapped in a blanket with them, you know, and, and I think it's, it's, do that for yourself. Like, be that person for you, and then all of a sudden, we're able to take care of those that we love. We're able to show up more fully in the world.
1: right. Right. Give us um, like one more or two more because we are okay. Yeah, just a couple more minutes and they're so beautiful. I'm looking at them right now. Um, Yes.
0: Yes. So um, there's another one that I love, which is you get what you focus on. Mm. And when we focus our attention on things, again, it's about the problems being bigger than they really are. So be clear. Are you focusing on what's not working or shift your attention to what you want? And um, the last one I'll, I'll end with. There's 15, of course. But another one that is my favorite, my favorite, is actually number 11. And uh, it's your dreams are the invisible architecture of your life. And mm. it's about trusting them and honoring them. What I discovered in my own self-love experiment was the more I started to really nurture, appreciate, and care for myself, the more my dreams burned to be realized. Mm. And the dreams that are in your heart, are part of your life plan you owe it to yourself and your family and the world to follow through on them that's part of your happiness
1: i love that one and i'll tell you the other one i really love that you have is number seven things don't happen to you they happen for you and every time something bad happens or i'm disappointed I tell myself this, and I think it's just pretty much my spiritual belief is that things really don't happen to me. They happen for me, for my higher good. That there's something, if this happened, and let's say I didn't get what I wanted, or I didn't, you know, or I had to sell my house, or I had to do something, that I know that really and truly it's for me. It's that something good has kind of come out of it, some growth opportunity, some some new change in my life. And if I believe it, then it'll happen. You know, mm-hmm. it's you believe it yes. and then you'll see it. You know, you've just believed. I love that. Yeah. And it's, I think it's about going from, like you said,
0: it's, it's really about going from a passive kind of not, you know, like victim, like this is happening to me, I have no control, to being more empowered and and starting to make the choices from an empowered place. And yes, that's one of my favorites too. I'm glad you brought that one up. Yeah,
1: and I, I, it reminds me of um, a Buddhist saying that all suffering comes from not accepting what is. Right, mm-hmm. and it's so good. if we accept sec- if we accept what is at the time, kind of showing up, being there, all the things that you're saying, then all this good we don't have to suffer we can be joyful yes and that's the principle that's the very
0: first principle to accept where you are yes the very first part of the book is acceptance yes i think it's
1: beautiful you're right it is beautiful well you're beautiful inside and out and we thank thank you so much for joining us and for writing this book the self-love experiment by shannon kaiser and just give your website and it's time to go
0: yes well great being here thank you again my website is playwiththeworld.com and you can
1: get a free meditation to help you on your self love journey when you go there as well. Oh, I love that too. Thank you so much, Shannon. And we will talk to you again soon. All right? Thank you. Bye.
0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC
1: Board of Regents. You gotta fight both night and day. Doesn't matter what some people may say, don't be the lambs cry, be the lions roar, cause love is worth fighting for, I know, yeah, love is worth fighting for, love is worth fighting for.